Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at Coal Hill School for episode 301. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm well. I'm well. Did you guys have a good week? Yeah, I went to, we went to Omaha this week, so... How was your week? How was Omaha? Vacation. It was fun. We went up on Thursday morning, and we got there and went to the Family Fun Center, which is just, you know, video games, and Holly got a really good deal on a Groupon, uh, and so we had buffet for all four of us, and then we each got a $5 uh, card. That night, we went to uh, uh, Escape Omaha, which is one of the uh, escape room places. We went back to the hotel. We had uh, checked into the Ramada Inn down there, which is attached to Coco Keys. So it's part of the resort. So the next day we went, uh, we had breakfast, spent some time at a park, and then we went, a Mason's wish list item was play laser tag. So we went to this place that had, it was a skating place with a little arcade, but they had laser tag. It was kind of one one that had the big giant arcade cabinet out. That was the first one. That was the uh, uh, family fun center. Yeah. That was the first day that we went. Oh, that was that one. Yeah, with the arcade stuff. So we played laser, laser tag, and then in the evening we went to Coco Keys and spent the evening at Coco Keys, and then we got up the next morning and checked. That was and then that was Friday. So then Saturday we got up, and we had originally intended to do one of these dinner uh, movie theaters where you go and you sit down, order, they bring you your food, and you watch the movie. Unfortunately, the movie that we wanted to see on Friday had moved out of that theater, oh. but they still had the the reclining seat. Uh, theater. That's where it was. Was in one of the reclining seat theaters. So we thought, well, we've never done that before. We're never going with these nice theaters with the reclining seats. So we went and saw Miss uh, Peregrine's Home for Wayward Children. Peculiar. Peculiar. Thank you for peculiar children. Well, like, yeah, because they were all peculiar. That was the whole theme of the whole show. <laughs> peculiar children. So how was the movie? Movie's good. I knew nothing about this movie. I hadn't. <laughs> I hadn't read the book. I hadn't seen a trailer for it. The kids were talking about it all week and wanting to see it. And I thought, it you know what? Fun. I drag them to movies all the time that <laughs> I want to see and know everything about before I go into it. It was good. I said, it's it's got some flaws. It's got some, I think, plot problems. But overall, it was an enjoyable film. And for not knowing anything about it, I walked out of there going, oh, I like that. So. And then we had uh, lunch at the Spaghetti Works, and then we came home on Saturday afternoon. So that was my week. It was a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't have that much kind of fun. What'd you do? I've just been watching Halloween stuff. What'd you watch? Werewolf of London, which I'd never seen before. It was it was all right. I watched that, and then watched the Wolfman, and then finally got to Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which uh, I wasn't a big fan of that one either. I also watched a movie called Blood Sucking Bastards. It is this workplace comedy. It's all right up to a point where it the story is kind of eh, and the workplace comedy is kind of eh, until they it clicks for them that there's vampires taking over this office and then it's hilarious. Then we also watched the uh, the Rocky Horror remake or oh, Rocky ch- Horror yeah. Picture Show. I Let's do the time warp again. It it was. It was better than I thought it was going to be. What'd you do, Sean? Um, well, I too have started my, my Halloween watch, um, which is not nearly as exciting or horror filled as yours, because um, <laughs> we started with uh, the, the Witch Mountain movies. It's <laughs> well, a Halloween movie, right? Yeah, Witch Witch Mountain, sure. I had forgotten. Um, first of all, how much I enjoy the first one. Because they're not really witches or aliens, but no, they weren't. That was a little disappointing. <laughs> 
Well, funny, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Isn't so, the mountain just called Witch Mountain? Yeah, Isn't that yeah, why it's all it is? Yeah. So I'd forgotten how much I enjoy the first one. Yeah, I love the first movie. Um, and then watching the second one, I realized how much more familiar I am with the second one. Oddly yep. enough, you know why? Because that played regularly on HBO. Is that the, the reason? The first one very rarely played on HBO. In fact, I used to make sure to catch the first one when it was on HBO because it was on so rarely. The second one was Return to Witch Mount was was on frequently. On I just HBO. I was like, why do I remember this one so much better? Yeah. <laughs> Not that it's bad. I mean, it's Christopher Lee, right? You know, it's the bad guy. Um, and interestingly enough, we had Katrina with us that weekend when we said, well, let's watch this. Now, Katrina does not so great with live action if it's animated she'll watch it doesn't matter what it is even if it's crap animation she'll watch it <laughs> but the live action she's kind of hit or miss on oh my god she was riveted <laughs> she was glued to this thing like you wouldn't believe and i don't know if it's just at the i don't know if it's disney magic at work i don't know if it's the right age to see escape. kids with power escape or return return okay uh you know kids with powers doing i don't know what the you know she was riveted to it and we went huh okay um and then the next night we watched bed dobs and broomsticks because we had her so we're trying to keep it a little more pg which actually does have which which does have (laughs) witches she was riveted to that and i was like score i'm so happy that she's you know liking some of these you know so now i can't wait to get what's got a nice mix of uh animation in it and that'd be the good i mean just into live action just the middle part when they go to um the Isle of Nabumbu. Nabumbu, yeah. So uh, we watched that, and then we watched. Uh, I watched Ghostbusters, the the remake, and I don't think we've talked about this yet. <laughs> no, no, right. Mel watched it with Julian. They both hated it, so I sat down and watched it. Meh, it was okay. I, I really wanted to like it because it's Ghostbusters, and I love Ghostbusters. Uh, I found it to be very frustrating because it could have worked as a third movie. There's no reason to do a complete reboot on it and reset the universe. And that's one of the film's big flaws. Not as a fan of the originals, that it's not set within that same universe, but that it took so long to get going. Once they become the Ghostbusters and they're actually out there in the jumpsuits busting ghosts, that part's not bad. It's kind of enjoyable. The opening slog is so, like... Get on with it. Get on with it. Get on with it. Get on with it. And you, you just—I don't care about these characters at this point. I don't care about the, their lives. I don't care. They're just not interesting. The effects were great. The—you know—it it, just—it wasn't the total train wreck that I was really afraid it was going to be. But it certainly wasn't a good movie. Mm. I really can't even say that you know I'd watch it again now that I've seen it. It's like me. Uh, we watched Creature from the Black Lagoon. It was the first time I'd seen that one. I had never seen it before. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. But then we followed that up with uh, the Mummy. We had such a good time with Creature with because we loved the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. I'm still yeah, to this day mesmerized good by that one. How good it is! So we watched Creature and it was pretty good. So the Mel was like, "Well, let's watch another classic." I'm like, "All right," because I kind of figured if I can get one out of her every year, I'll be all right. But she went for two. And I was like, "Okay, cool." So we watched the Mummy. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was so scared of that movie as a kid. Well, uh, I, I think Boris is very imposing in it. Yeah. So he, he is. is. He's, well, he's I don't think I ever got past thing. the first five minutes. But, yeah. He's well, got. I ran out of the room after there that. You go. He's got those <laughs> eyes. Yeah, oh, yeah. And oh, they really oh. play he's, it up he's with got the makeup and the lighting, and you know, he's very and even the the old lady lines around his face, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was okay. It's one of the few where I can actually say, and this is sacrilegious, I guess, but I, I kind of enjoyed the Brendan Fraser one more than the original. <laughs> Just because I had more fun in it, but I watched Independence Day Resurgence. How was that? I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Now, it's not as good as the first one. 
And I think what makes the first one work for me, I really kind of thought about this. The first one was this big, epic, serious, dun-dun-dun, aliens are coming thing. And you didn't realize it until after you'd seen it like 16 times that it's almost a comedy. Mm-hmm. That <sighs> it, it's it's it, it's not a spoof, but it's no, no, yeah, very tongue-in-cheek right. mm-hmm. with the playfulness. This one takes itself seriously and doesn't get that it's the sequel to the spoof. So, it's you know, it just it's a little too serious about yeah. it. It's, I think it's worth watching. So that it's it's dumb fun. Don't get me wrong. It's a Roland Emmerich film. It's a Roland Emmerich <laughs> film. You have to you have to expect a certain amount of that when you go into it. But uh, we found it thoroughly enjoyable. And we watched Race to Witch Mountain, and then uh, we watched Witches of Eastwick, which I'd never seen. I'd seen bits and pieces of it on HBO, probably at an age when I don't know if I was quite prepared or allowed to watch those kinds of, of movies. I thought there was going to be a lot more sex in it, quite honestly, based on what I had seen on HBO. There wasn't, but it was fun. Was the other one that we just did? Oh, the last witch hunter. Oh, yeah, with uh, kind of continuing the witch theme unintentionally. <laughs> Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyable. That's a, just a fun popcorn movie. It's got a real cool, splashy look to it, and it's it, it's a decent plot. And again, Vin Diesel's one of those guys that he does what he needs to do, and he does it well. And it's kind of like, yeah, all right, I'm I'm on board with one of these films. It's more of a fantasy than a horror, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, my horror selections are not <laughs> not even in the same vein where you guys are at. So, you know, I'll get there eventually. But Well, our bit of news tonight comes from our dear friends at Candy Jar Books. They have announced a brand new story coming out on Halloween if you pre-order Times Squared. It's called Eve of the Fomorians. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. By Robert Mamone. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly <laughs> either. <laughs> Who uh, the author has written other short stories, but this is his other stories, but this is his first Lethbridge Stewart story. Uh, so it comes out Christmas or Christmas Halloween Day <laughs> if you pre-order. Oh, just Halloween over, story at Christmas. Kind of all over the map on this. Uh, yeah, that Charles uh, did it. Here's the <laughs> here's the blurb. Tim all Burke Hallows Eve. 1969, en route to Edinburgh, and Travers, William Bishop, and Samson Ware come across a deserted village in the Scottish countryside, a village that is rotten to the core. Sounds intriguing. So it is set after Times Squared, but it's written in a way where you can read it ahead of it and not ruin anything. Okay. Okay. Well, except for the fact that I know that Ann Travers, Bishop, and Samson survive whatever happens in <laughs> Times Square. Yes. No spoilers at all. Aside from that. <laughs> I'm That's looking it. forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a hopefully a good story. In feedback this week, we've got uh, some feedback from Robert. Robert writes, Good to see you However, for however short a time. Hello! It was good to see you three again at Time Eddie 2. I knew you had the, some panels there, but I didn't know how booked you were until I listened to the podcast. <laughs> we didn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> some of those were quite a surprise. I'm happy to hear that you had a good time, as busy as you guys were. I wasn't running around as much as you three, but I wasn't slacking off, at least until Sunday. I came to the hotel at 5.30 Thursday evening to set up and ended up hanging around for a few hours. I returned Friday... At 7.15 in the morning, in case anyone needed help, because the vendor room opened at 10. Naturally, when the rooms closed at 6, I ate and headed for home. Saturday and Sunday, I was in around 8 a.m., left Saturday at 6. I wish I could have seen the cosplay contest, but I was tired and hungry. On Sunday, I started tearing down at quarter to five and was out in a half an hour. 
This time around, there were one or two vendors from the East Coast, a few from the Midwest, and I think the rest were local to the Wichita area. There were spurts of traffic Friday and Saturday, but it was pretty slow on Sunday. I came out okay, since all I had to worry about was my table expense. I did sell one more book after you guys hit the road Sunday afternoon. I also got to chat with a few of the guests at the con. I was especially happy that I saw John Peel with copies of the Grandfather Infestation on his table. I remembered the book and showed him the Goodreads book, uh, Goodread, the TTV Goodreads forum. He said he was happy that it was a book pick and there were comments on the book. Uh, it was also good to see local friends who hadn't been to meetups of the Whovians of Wichita in months. All in all, I had a good time. At that flowed into the next couple of days for me. Yesterday, the 18th, was my birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Robert. Robert. Happy birthday, Robert. The day before, I bought myself some music, movies, and TV shows from iTunes. Otherwise, the day was pretty routine. I did get back to writing yesterday, so yay for that. Yay. I know Time Eddie is taking a year off. I encourage everyone to keep up on developments. I'll also... I'd also encourage the listeners to consider volunteering, if not for this, but for their own local fan-run conventions. It's a lot of work, but you can get perks for helping out, and volunteering contributes to the success of these smaller conventions. Very true. One last thing. The guy cosplaying as the jerk from Titanic? He was the head of security at the con. Again, good to catch up with you guys in real life for a few moments of time, Eddie. Robert. I didn't put two and two together until you did that last week um he was backstage in the hallway with us and when he began shuttling people forward to the kind of air conditioning vents that were in the full-blown you know tweed and and all of the uh, heavy costumes that were on the verge of passing out he was berating himself going i have one job don't kill anybody i have one job don't kill anybody. <laughs> he was just kind of muttering this as a mantra over and over again and i looked at him and i was like I really don't get who your character is. I really, I just don't. Get, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I'm glad you had a good con, Robert. Yeah. I'm sorry we didn't get to hang and talk as much as. It seems like we always want to talk and hang for ever with everybody, but never get the opportunity to. And, of course, if you want to send us feedback, you can at feedback at travelingthevortex.com or go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab. And if you want to send us your video, yeah, technically that ended, but I'm still accepting them because I haven't really started editing yet. I've started putting some of the pieces together to have this wonderful video of how we came to who. Um, and I have some great submissions that I'm looking forward to having everybody see. And if you would still like to get yours in, go ahead and send it, and we'll, we'll put it in. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to our reviews. First up, nothing at the end of the lane. Aww. <laughs> Not even a horn, it was an aww. <laughs> I'm too tired to pull the horn up, otherwise I probably would. Uh, I, uh, this was a... It's a, a near thing. <laughs> just to set this up a little bit, this was a short story, or actually three parts of a short story, uh, in the book uh, Short Trips and Side Steps. I say that right? Clearly a sidestep. Um, yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, hence the name, the title of the book um, that was released uh, several years back. Um, we, we we sort of decided when we were going to do this this week to throw together a Coal Hill School uh, a companion archive because we felt kind of Coal Hill School is kind of the center of the, well, as Glass kind of <laughs> explains when we get to it, it's kind of, you know, a... Uh, 
It's almost a companion. I mean, yeah, it, it, it it's is. so integral to to Doctor Who from the very beginning. And well, it's technically been there from the beginning. I mean, and, uh, yeah. And I had read online that you know it involves Coal Hill School, and uh, I thought, well, well, we'll throw this one on, and we'll you know we'll do the other two that we're going to do uh, this week. And after I read the three parts of this story, I thought, first of all, yes, this is definitely a sidestep. <laughs> Uh, this is not Doctor Who proper in any any way you twist it. <laughs> and I apologize to Sean and Keith for forcing them to read this. <laughs> I don't even know where to get start. I I do know where to start. When I first started reading it, I was so super confused as to what was going uh, on. Yeah, me too. Because Barbara's having me some three. sort of attacks or episodes or, or something, and she's on a bus, uh, and you don't you just can't figure out what's going on. And it does start to level out when she gets to school. And you they start implying maybe what's wrong with her throughout the course of the first part of this story. and Or, or at least that she's having episodes. You don't even know that really early on. Yeah. And I really kind of... I, I, I started to get into it and really like it because I felt like it was showing me more of Barbara that we didn't know outside. Because this is actually technically set before <laughs> the events of an unearthly child. In fact, it, it leads up to it involves some of the events eventually. But I really kind of liked where it was going because it was kind of fleshing out Barbara as a character, as a teacher, home life, relationship to Ian. And I really liked the relationship to and, Ian. And, and where they were going with kind yeah. of their relationship. And it, it, it started doing a really good job of that. And I thought, okay, this will be neat. Somebody's kind of tackled some, you know, pre-unearthly story, unearthly child story, Barbara. And... Then the second part of the story sort of starts to touch on the Susan aspect of it. The 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 quagmire that Susan, or is that the third part? That's the third. Um, the second one is with her in the field and then get knocked out and then her and Ian having dinner. Oh, Ian and that was the, the, the second part is her flushes her, I think, her relationship, relationship. Uh, yeah. out with, yeah, that's right. With, uh, I was trying to shove that into the first one. Um, yeah, her relationship with... Uh, Ian and the conversations that they have and the 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 views of the world that they both have I thought were really kind of played out nicely and yeah. had this interesting quality concept to it as well. To me that was the highlight of the book was that whole dinner. Sequence. So I thought okay and for those is, of us that ship Ian and Barbara <laughs> this is yeah. really getting and you know it was almost like Ian was kind of forced upon her by the headmaster which I thought was kind of interesting because he wanted her to develop relationships within the school because she was so highly uh, advised by the governor's board to, you know, to hire yeah. her and bring her to this school. And she obviously had potential and things like that. And I thought that was kind of an interesting choice because I, I don't really know that I ever felt that Barbara was raw as a teacher yeah, no, in no, Unearthly no. Child. And so to take that and say that she's very new at this and very fresh and that that's why the governors are like, you need to make some friends while you're there. You need to learn to hone your... Well, and to some extent, skills, that makes you know. sense because she is so interested in Susan. And a more seasoned teacher would be able to distance themselves a little bit more. Yeah, it certainly does does hold true. See, I, I almost disagree. I almost think that a seasoned... Depends uh, on the teacher. Maybe not like a seasoned veteran teacher, but well, a, a seasoned teacher is going to be able to ID that and go, this student's different from all the other students that I have. If anything, but, what yeah. I got out of that was her need to maybe focus on Susan was the fact that she was trying so hard to be a seasoned or disciplined teacher. And she felt that was the right way to go about it because she does uh, 
a lot of times in her own inner dialogue, she talks a lot about, um, you know, how she, you know, that's something that a, a seasoned teacher should do, would do. Yeah. This is something that a you know a teacher and should, kind of trying to be harsher with them. Yeah, trying to be harsher with them, not be friends with them. Be yeah, that, that kind of thing. And in her inner dialogue, she makes it clear that she's forcefully trying to do that, so she yeah. comes across that way. So I kind of even liked that aspect of it. Then it gets to the third part, <laughs> and, and and again, I think that I, I was still intrigued because we're starting to develop that more of them recognizing the quirkiness of, of Susan. And in fact, at this point, they've lifted the little flashback scenes out of Unearthly Child, where, oh, yeah. where, where you know, uh, uh, Susan is the oddity. And even the scene where she's dancing to uh, the music, uh, yeah, and John, uh, John Smith John and the Quarrymen. And, and things like that, and and bringing Ian on board, and having him, you know, kind of be there to, to confront her as well, and, and kind of seeing in their minds while they go about yeah, this yeah. process. Was so really neat to see. I thought, okay, this is this is really interesting. There, there. But then I'm thinking, where are we going with this? Are we going to go right up to the very beginning of Unearthly Child? And then they sort of do, <laughs> and then it just takes a complete left turn out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, that's and why I, I went, had a big issue with it. Wait a minute, because now suddenly, and any, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that they're doing this sidestep, but it's as if this is a completely different world, and the doctor <laughs> comes in and has the confrontation, and then he's like this evil old man who has supposedly killed susan and she's locked in a box and <laughs> barbara has to like fight him off and he ends up you know knocking and then i mean i'll go right out and say it he ends, she ends up killing him killing the yeah. old man who's not the doctor at this point but, but at one point she not she's knocked unconscious and sees so the impression i got imagery from it, of those adventures that she had. so so the what the impression i got was all of this was an attack from an alien influence on her and so the bit that's where she's knocked out, where it's in italics, that's real life. Yes. And the rest of this is happening in her brain, affecting her memory or imagining a different scenario leading up to that point. So it's kind of a sidestep, but it kind of isn't. It's a what if, but also a this could have happened because we don't know what planet they're talking about when they're in the italicies. We don't know what the uh, intelligence is. That's, that bit is another adventure that we never saw. And her recovering from that. And so all of this is kind of fever dreams of her while she's under attack from this alien influence. Okay, that makes it that? better. Yeah, no, that's, that's I didn't what I got that at they, all. They tried to fix it with that. It doesn't quite work for me. To but. me, I felt like it was just a reimagining of this. That's what and I that, thought at And first that all too. of the... The adventure stuff was kind of in her mind. That was all. See, and they laid the groundwork early on with the exterminates when she was having the attacks. And those were... The, so after finishing it, reflecting back on the entire story, all of the attacks were actual moments of lucidity. I think the problem lucidity? I have with that it... the right word? Yes. I think I the think. problem I have with it, though, is it doesn't end where she's woke up or she's yeah, recovered that's, from... that's the bigger the issue The problem is it, it, it ends, ends as with, though that's the end of the story. And yeah, after it, she's need, killed it needed the doctor another and, fart... Uh, another part a fourth part <laughs> i tried to combine the words there <laughs> from now on fourth parts could have used a fart i suppose <laughs> maybe it would have lightened the mood it needed a fourth part to see her over, truly overcoming this alien influence that is uh, giving her these fever dreams that's what it really needed 
It did not have a resolution. So this stuff not in italics is the dream. Yes. And the stuff in italics is the because reality. Because a lot of the other italics throughout the story is the reality slipping through. It's well, I would, okay. I would make a Buffy reference, but you haven't seen that I episode can, either. I, no, <laughs> I can't. I can. I can. That that fixes everything for me, except for. Except for non-resolution. The non-resolution yeah. at the end, it breaks that whole mold. It's and I was okay with it until they didn't resolve it. I, I, I was questioning it up until that point. And then once we got to the that revelation of, oh, it's an actual attack, I was like, oh, that's why everything is so different. And even to some extent, uh, Barbara being having these attacks I, I something didn't set right with me that she well, had I agree. these, these yeah. issues that, well, especially that since they Barbara set it up with the, the Daleks in that, that, that yeah. dream area that fever dream or, or what's ever's happening to her on the bus the episode because yeah and bus. that's somebody we didn't know on the series right. I think that by setting it up in a way that's almost a misstep because by by referencing the Daleks I suppose if you were to put a time stamp on it we can assume that wherever the the real life part of the adventure is happens after Dalek invasion earth. Yes, yes. That that she would have mm-hmm. that kind of reaction to it and that they've landed on some planet and she got attacked by something and then they dragged her back to the TARDIS and Ian squashed it and she got better. But in the meantime, she was in this coma state being subjected to these fever dreams reliving her time leading up to the TARDIS. Okay, sure, maybe. And and I, I I think I'd have been more okay with the story if that's where it ended, but to have her start screaming, it's still alive. We're still try. It still got me. Yeah. And then going back issue. into the, the the dream again, just so that we can have her kill the doctor. Yeah. See, with, within the confines of the dream, even I, I don't think that works because, like, you tow that line so much in the first two parts as to whether or not this is our Barbara yeah, or not. Agreed, agreed. And I'm okay if it's not. I'm okay if you're really presenting me with something that I just never thought about or never assumed. Like, well, maybe she's got cancer. Maybe she's got a brain tumor and it's subjecting her to these weird things. And then the doctor's going to find it at some point in the in the TARDIS and fix it. I didn't have been okay with that. It would have been a little weird, but yeah, okay. But you, you, you give us this is it or is it not because you tow that line so closely and then you give me the resolution for it and it's like okay that works mm-hmm. it's not necessarily enjoyable it's not uh, <laughs> it's not a ride that i would have chose to go yeah, on had exactly. i known that this was you know the, the outcome but it's, it's it's a fine story in that regard but then you you tack on that ending that doesn't end and yeah. it's just like well am i to assume now that this is a genuine sidestep that an alternate reality that maybe in one of these splintered realities, she was attacked and never made it out of that attack. And there's a team TARDIS out there with just Ian and Susan, and Barbara didn't make it. And that she's floating off in her own little splintered time stream in her mind. Or do I just assume that they fixed it off camera, so to speak, <laughs> and that it's just you didn't need that yeah. for just the, the, epilogue? The, the, well, they, the, they needed, yeah, even if it was just an epilogue, because to some extent, the going back into the dream was her also trying to defeat the alien menace. Yeah, I, I kind of got the impression yeah. that the, the okay. doctor substituted that, and then the fact that it ends with her going towards a police box that wasn't there before almost implies that in her she was taking care of it. I forgot they does in that way, yeah, so that kind it, of does maybe imply like that she was coming she out was of. Overcome, but we yeah. needed something to show that she yeah, came out something of something a little more. I, I, I would have liked a little more light at the end of the tunnel instead of nothing at the end of the lane. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. 
That I being just, said, the, the Coal Hill aspect of this I liked because I think it really did give us more insight into whether that was reality or not. If if the way you guys are describing it now kind of fixes it for me, if that was a fact, at, at, at least the reality of Coal, Coal Hill School was being brought forth from her mind, from her subconscious, from her experience. One would assume, yes. yeah. yeah. So at least that's formulated around that. So that, that gives it more of a concrete, well, this really is, you know, the Coal Hill School that we're examining here well, in and this. You, and you can, There's not a lot of it, but don't get me wrong. But you can also, is, yeah, assume a lot of it is true. And if you strip away the attacks... Yeah. I'm sure all of that you is can extrapolate that all of that was, was pretty much how it even the, yeah. the lunch or the dinner date that they got to have. Yes, yes, the reason why they did it might have been different, but they still got to do that. Right. Well, I don't even think that the reason why they did it was that would have been all that much different. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have been because I think that it, maybe that because she was so fresh, uh, you know, and she was encouraged to go, you know, on this, and obviously she fancied. Ian, anyway, she kind of yeah. alludes to that in 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 <laughs> in such a way. So you know, the date seems to be kind of forced upon her, but also at her own you know her own free will of yeah. it. So, I, although Barbara can cook, that to me was a foreign concept. <laughs> of all the things they threw at me, I was like, what? Okay. Well, I, I, I don't. I don't know why that just <laughs> no, seemed so weird to me. That, but but it never implies that Barbara could cook well because she's apologizing for the meal the whole time. Yeah, it's true. So I, I mean, just the the nature of her making a meal doesn't mean she can cook. It just she, means she can she make was, food. She seemed very proud of her <laughs> curry and that well, she wasn't going to spice him up. And I was like, okay. That just seemed weird to me. Now, it, it, I know nothing about it also, curry, so it, it maybe also, it's a simple dish. It but. also implied, though, that Ian wasn't – I mean, he was be- making polite about it, but it never really kind of like, oh, this is the best curry or this is so yeah. good. He, would, he never went so far as to do that. And so it almost implied that Ian was being kind and generous to, <laughs> and not necessarily maybe holding back his actual feelings about her cooking. So. Because he would. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was certainly in the character of Ian. So. Years later, after they married and settled down, and she would cook curry on special event <laughs> evenings, and he would just kind of groan inwardly and smile and eat it. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I feel like I, I feel like the real misstep with the sidestep was at the end. I feel like yeah, it I either should have ended in the TARDIS with kind of the pseudo-happy ending, or we should have been given a little more light at the end. A little a more inflammation. Instead it, yeah. of that mid-transition. Either cut it or explain it. A little more implementation yes. that, yeah, this is, she comes out of this. <laughs> so we're, I, I feel like we're really, really, really stretching to find the positives in it. But Yeah. I, I think it's it's uniquely written. It's, um, it's very, po- and it's not even poetic. It's, it's very artistically contrived. The story is, I think, written beautifully i think that the 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 author Mm. of this story i think i think it is i think it's you have to kind of dig into it and and follow what's going on but because of the 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 fever dreams that she continues to have through this he almost gets a little bit of wordsmithy there i think but um i think that i think he i I thought he i thought he wrote a very very he wrote very nice i guess i can follow that within the confines of the fever dreams it is poetic to a to an extent, well, and it's because supposed to be offsetting, and exactly because right. of, the, the, because, because of yeah. the nature of them, because they're so. I think it can be a challenge to put the reader in the same mindset and uneasiness of what's happening to the character in the book, and I think he does a very nice job of 
doing that, making you feel uneasy about what's going on and and experiencing the somewhat terror that she's going through in these episodes that she's having. And I think he does a very good job of illustrating the 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 angst and terror that she's having uh, within those. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's written pretty nice. I've written I'll, nice. I'll give it that. Yeah. But I wish then that we in a way that almost makes it fall down more because it doesn't explain the creature enough for me no i would agree with that because if it's already funneled her into this side dream of, of her past and reliving this why the attacks yeah why, now, why i structurally i don't think he writes well i think uh thematically thematically he writes well. okay yeah. i'll give you that i'll give him that Obviously, structurally, he doesn't write well, or we wouldn't have as many problems with it as we have. <laughs> or as many questions of what yeah, happened. Exactly. <laughs> well, and the fact that it's broken into three parts, almost in a way, I wonder if it was an indicator that the story was simply too long, and the, the editors of the book thought, well, if we break it up, it'll be more accessible, or was that done on purpose? Or I, I have a lot of questions about yeah. why that was... <laughs> I do, too. Because I, I don't think I'd have I, made it all I the way through towards, it if it was in one chunk. I lean towards the editors looking at it and going, maybe it'll be more accessible if we break it up. Yeah, I don't think I'd have made it all the way through if it was in one chunk. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think I'd have given on. up. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but the Cole Hill school parts were nice. Yeah, yeah it was. Absolutely. Uh, the next next little bit was uh, in the Doctor Who annual 2015 Doctor Who annual featuring the uh, 12th Doctor. And Clara. Was Clara really even in it? Barely at the end. <laughs> Barely at the that's end. That's why I said was, featuring. Yeah. <laughs> featuring Clara, yeah, that's true. She was there at the end. Almost a cameo. But you think it was a little bit of a cheat because you know it's implied that, you know, this takes place at Coal Hill School, but <laughs> you find out that it's a facsimile of school Coal Hill School where they're teaching. Now this this is this was really a young reader comic, is what this yeah. was. And uh there is a alien race that is teaching Younger aliens, uh, how to assimilate or, or, or the, the, not even to assimilate into school, but more of a... They're learning about the, uh, about the planet so they can invade. Exactly. And they're utilizing a facsimile of Coal Hill School as the backdrop or surrounding to this. And hijack two people to uh, teach them. <coughs> I do like... A French and an English teacher. I do like that the... Uh, <laughs> he uh, doctor shows up and thinks it's Cole Hill School at first. Yeah, <laughs> and but there's something not quite right here. He's continually looking for Clara. Where's Clara? You know, <laughs> where is Clara? Um, but it was it was fun. It was a nice little you know three four page romp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for what it was as a kid's story it was it was enjoyable. It was almost like they stole the plot from Android Invasion. A little bit. It feels like we, we've got we've got yeah. a whole a whole English village that we're going to use to practice the invasion on, and the Doctor lands there thinking it's Earth, but it's not. And then the plot comes, and we're going to take that nugget and do it in three pages, <laughs> in, in in comic form with the Twelfth Doctor and featuring Clara. I'm glad it wasn't longer than three pages. Yeah, I would agree was. with that. If you, <laughs> yeah. you d dragged it out any longer, it would not have been in, as enjoyable of a yeah. story. Yeah, but for, for what it is, that little piece, it's it's kind of nice. It, yeah. it, 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 it felt to me very much like one of the TV comics that, that we've reviewed. It's not that it's bad. Yeah. It's just that it's got kind of its, its a niche you know, place for it. That's, it's a fun little 
and then that's kind of all you can say about it. You have such a short format, you can't do too much anyway. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, well, and I think that's typical for the annuals. I think all of them are pretty much in this vein, where they don't try to do anything too serious or something that would need an episodic format like Doctor Who magazine, where you pick up the story you know, the next month and you pick up the story the next month. You really need something kind of short, sweet, and confined. And mm-hmm. I think for in the context of the annual, it works. It's also, um, in that, that kind of strange way, I just lost my train of thought. It just flew right out the window. Your trains fly? My trains do fly. My, tra- my train always of- derail. My train of thought is the train at the end of Back to the Future 3. <laughs> it's the only flying train I can it's, think it's of. It's left the trestle. It's on fire. Well, the and it's Express. about to explode. <laughs> the Orient Express. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but it was, was on rails. Said, in what was the last thing you it? said? Just that it was TV short and concise. Short, and it was, concise. It, it's, it's appropriate for this sort that's of That's what it was. Okay. It's a cheat in a way. That we, we, we have this this grand plan of doing an archive about Coal Hill School. <laughs> and as of yet, we have not had Coal Hill School. That's true. We've had a subverted, <laughs> weird, flashbacky, fever dream version of it that's not real. And then we've had a, oh, this is a mock-up of an invasion monster. <laughs> so it's still not real. Okay. <laughs> well, should we move on to the real... Coal Hill School. A real Coal Hill School, which is no longer Coal Hill School. It's Coal, Coal Hill Academy. Academy. Now, let me let me say this before we read the synopsis. We realize that this is not airing in the U.S. until BBC America airs it alongside Doctor Who in the spring. For that being said, we have decided to take the two first two episodes that have aired in the U.K. and do a spoiler-free, relatively spoiler-free review of these two episodes <laughs> so that people that are here that won't have the opportunity to see it until next year are not spoiled on what's coming. Yes. For tonight, we might die. It's a new term at Coal Hill Academy. Students are preparing for their autumn prom, but when the school comes under attack, four alienated students must form an unlikely alliance to defeat them. And this incursion is only the beginning. Charlie, April, Ram, and Tanya, assisted by their physics teacher, Miss Quill, are charged with a great responsibility by the mysterious alien known as the Doctor. Guard against the creature of the nightmares of nightmare that want nothing more than to find a way to Earth and take it for their own. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. I enjoyed it. I did too. <clears throat> I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what it feels like to me. Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures meets Misfits. Yeah. I definitely got the that vibe is. off of it. <laughs> the, dark, the dark tone of Misfits with the older kids um, that aren't delinquents, but kind of that similar, we're doing this on our own without any adults sort of thing. That's how it, that, that's that's my brief synopsis for someone who has seen those things. The only element of that I think I would agree with is the misfits element. Without them being delinquents, I mean they're obviously not delinquent kids. They're they're special or gifted kids because they're yeah. all in one particular class that a higher a yeah, higher class. Obviously, well, it's obviously you know a gifted or higher learning class. Yeah. Um. I, I don't want to sound like that. I didn't like it. I thought it's an enjoyable, it's an enjoyable series so far. The first two episodes were fun and interesting. Um, one was better than the other. It's not one that I would. <laughs> it's the first episode. I think do, does a pretty decent job of setting up the format of yes. the series. 
I think uh, the way that we get these four or five students, I'm not sure yet how many there are <laughs> because one disappears. Um, I'm not sure how they I, – I think, I think it works how they're brought together. The, mm-hmm. the thing I found most interesting, and, and the synopsis alludes to the fact that the doctor shows up, and I think that's been clearly – I think even we've talked about it. So. Yeah. Um, I felt that the doctor in this, I felt that there, the one scene where we just see the TARDIS was enough. I think that the doctor showing up and maybe co- kind of, I know we're trying to make this spoiler free, but I think the doctor's used <laughs> The doctor too shows much. up and what, does what he does. Yeah, and, in, <laughs> and that's unfortunate <laughs> because maybe it's, it's a good thing that that's the first episode and that gets out of the way and yeah. hopefully he doesn't show up again until like maybe the finale but it, it if he wonder, shows up and solves the problem in the yeah, finale that's, that's what then I've got a about. real problem with the whole series because the doctor really does kind of show up and, and resolve things um, I and thought it makes the, me wonder how the kids are going to be able to try to handle this on their own when they couldn't do it in this first well, time well that's another thing is I think this almost makes the doctor feel irresponsible for putting all of this in their hands at least with Torchwood, you've got a bunch of capable grown-ups being led by Captain Jack, who I think is a very capable character. And he's he has shown himself to be capable to the Doctor in, in the rest of the series, in, in, in the other parts of the series. Sarah Jane clearly has proven her worth yeah. as being capable, uh, even though she's <laughs> using much younger kids <laughs> in order to, uh, you know, protect Earth or protect uh, London. Um, this one, it just makes it feel like, of course, maybe, I don't think you could have had the 10th doctor or the 11th doctor leave these kids in charge, but no. maybe it works better with the 12th, 12th because doctor he's a bit because he's a bit more aloof and, and maybe irresponsible. Um, but it just, it, 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 it set poorly with me that the doctor just says, you know, you're a bunch of kids and we've got this one quasi adult here that, you know, <laughs> everything will be fine. But I, I like where they were going with it. I like. I think that the villains were quite realized, and I like the setup of the the one kid and the one teacher, and the little the the reason why they are here, and the reason why. Uh, I mean, and that's kind of alluded to early enough on too that I don't think it's too spoiler that he's actually an alien and she's. Oh, they, they, he says she's, that in the trailer. She's well, his so. servant slave, um, <laughs> and, and 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 what has happened to his planet, I think, yeah. is 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 well done. So. So the, 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 the design of the incoming aliens, the invading ones, strike a little too close to the big alien in the fires of Pompeii for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. I thought the same thing. That, they were very, very similar. That's just the design choice because yeah, the ideas behind them are really cool yeah. and a really neat idea. Well, and drastically different. different and radically different, yeah. too, yeah. So that, that, that was one design issue I had with the, with the episode was that. But otherwise, the alien is a really cool idea and really yeah. well realized. Like you said, and I, and I think maybe I'm I'm happy with the the setup that they'll that this race will be kind of the big bad. You know, we're obviously not done with them, but yeah. Um. So the first episode, I had fun. Um, it's not something that I felt was necessary in the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> but that being said, I, I'm glad they're trying something different and new. It doesn't feel like Torchwood to me. It doesn't. It feels a little like Sarah Jane, more like Sarah Jane to a me, bit. but in a different way. Yeah. And um, I the, the 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 characters I think are well received for me. I like I, I, each I liked, individual yeah. character in their own ways. I like how the um, 
the really young girl and the uh, uh, Indian kid kind of have this connection because yeah. she's been helping him with his home his homework, and so they have a connect. Um, and then I I really like the girl that uh, the which why doesn't she have any friends? April. Yeah, April. Why doesn't she have any friends? I don't know. <laughs> that was the most unrealistic thing to me. <laughs> she's she's not a unattractive girl. Yeah. And she's not she's not socially awkward and awkward. <laughs> she, she she can't get anybody to help her decorate for prom, but that um, doesn't mean she doesn't have friends. No, it's just, it's just not a fun why job. Why don't you have friends? It just it, that that seemed a little weird and forced. Um, un- unless she does, per- she has the young one. <laughs> well, yeah, she does, but it's un- unless she. Uh, Unless we discover later in the season that she's purposely not had friends, well, I hope they do because of what's hope ha- they because of what that. has happened in her past. Yeah, I hope they we, touch which they on touched that. on in the story. Right, because yeah, hopefully, they, I, I kind of hope that we do get a little idea of her family. What's yeah. what's happened there? And there is the one moment with the phone too. So yeah, that's that's alluded side, to yeah. as well. Um, so I, I really enjoy the characters, and I, I think the chemistry between the characters is working so far. It didn't maybe work as much in the second episode as it does in the first episode, but the first one's kind of that setup. But. Well, and the, 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 unfortunately, the second one kind of slips back into a well, we're yeah, we may have solved saved the day last week, but now we're not necessarily the best of friends to create some drama to, sort of situation. Right. right. It's. It's interesting because I, I feel like, as far as pilots go, pilots tend to be a little rough o- overall. When you look back at them, you go, well, how did I even like this show, Rewatching this particular pilot? And I feel like this one was a pretty solid it's start. A, it's a smooth start. It's, it's a, a real yeah, smooth It's a very start. smooth, you know, we've pulled out of the station and we're rolling. And I kind of felt like, oh, okay, I like all the characters. I like all the actors. I like um, the, the situation, that how they've set this up, it really kind of sums it up for me. I, I, it's got the tonal qualities of Misfits and Torchwood while really kind of... Tonal, I would agree with Torchwood. Be, yeah. Being in the well, Sarah to, to Jane Adventures extent, mold. Plot-wise, it's kind of a sibling to Torchwood, considering they were setting up Torchwood, that Torchwood, to monitor the rift of anything coming through, and that's kind of a similar <laughs> plot that's, point that's, here. That's I kind thought of, of that. That's, that's, kind of, that's what makes me think it's yeah, Torchwood it more than anything else. Well, that's kind of my problem with it. Is the idea that there's yet another rift, and we're borrowing that whole plot device, and now we've got a group of people that are going to deal with whatever comes through the rift. <laughs> and this one moves I've seen this wherever show. they need it to be. <laughs> well, it's still in the neighborhood, I guess. And, and and the Doctor has a throwaway long line about how much Artron energy that has been built up over Col- around Cole Hill over the years. Which I'm, I'm glad like, they said that. Yes, because I think that gives reason. us some science re- scientific reason. Except because we didn't really get much science really? in the second episode. Is there really? Because we're going to do a whole archive on Coal Hill School. Yeah, but we didn't. We, we didn't well, touch on had the we gone, Doctor Who had episodes. We, had okay, we gone but, to? But, but let's do that. We've got Unearthly Child, obviously. The TARDIS was parked next door, so that's I suppose. But but but, well, I'll allow but it. Susan was carrying that. I think you it think back the, and forth. Yeah, I think that impression there. We get Remembrance. Yeah. Where we go back to it. Whatever Clara did working there. <laughs> you know. I mean, okay, go ahead. Whatever Clara, if she's if she's if Susan's carrying it back and forth, Clara obviously Which, was. And how many times did the TARDIS land while Clara was there? Yeah, probably several. I, that, that, that's that's the thing. I mean, if I you look at the episode the, the, list. There, the, you can't look at a, a lot of the past. I think what the way I look at it is, t- anytime time travelers were in the school 
was probably what was creating this buildup of this what you call Archeon Ar- 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 Artron, I think. Artron energy. And so Susan was there. And then the Doctor and Ace were there. And then uh all through series <laughs> eight. eight, the Doctor kept Coming in, Danny now eventually traveled through well, time. Even Scovox Clara traveled through up time. That, that uh, time tunnel that the Doctor did. Yeah, that would have provided a whole bunch of Arton energy. So Courtney that, traveled through time, so I think that 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 I think what they're using is the bulk of series eight is why this is so. By the same point. argument, there's a rift at Rory and Amy's house. It's possible because he kept coming back to pick them up to go on adventures. But we're not going to talk about that. I one. think well, but okay, it's just, like I, I think I said, again, kind I'm, of a I'm being, cheat, I think, I'm being apologetic, but I think that the 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 reality of that is you've got a number of players with Cole Hill School, whereas you have and just Amy and Rory and, and the and Doctor. Theoretically, and, a longer period of time yeah, too, if you include Ace and the Doctor. There probably ought to be one at unit headquarters. There probably, I mean, well, who's who's to who's, say there, there is? There might not. I mean, there you yeah. I just I liked the, the the setting. Look at how much stuff happened at Unit Headquarters. I think there was one at Unit <laughs> well, Headquarters. This, 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 this is almost the. I think it was a magnet for that guy. There wasn't a there wasn't a rift there, but there was a magnet. There. That's almost the unfortunate reality of it. Because if you look at Terrence Dix talking about once we stranded the Doctor on Earth with the Third Doctor, it was like, well, you can either do Mad Scientists or Alien Invasion. That's what you're stuck with. It's like, dude, if you'd have had a rift. <laughs> You'd have been set for like three more seasons. You just didn't think of that. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I enjoyed it. I really did. And and I, I just kind of felt like I wish they hadn't borrowed quite as much of that nugget of the idea. Because that's one of the things that I really liked about Torchwood was the idea that there's a hole. Well, and, and, the, and the fact that that had previously been established in the show proper. Yeah, right. helps, the, the, helps the, that it was that you know, a lot. There was a this, there, there, there was just, no reference in the show before this. It, it just felt like a a bit of a contrivance. It's just like, well, I'm going to do Torchwood, but we're going to move it over here where maybe it makes a little more sense to be Doctor Who related and kind of closer to canon. I mean, than, than the a other. lot of things happen on Bannerman Way too, because <laughs> I have a feeling there was Archeon energy there as well. So there's rifts all over. The place. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think that. I think you're you're applying the rift. I think you're saying anytime there's arching energy, there's a rift. I think a rift no, is I a just result think of that here. Of the I think energy. that, as I was saying, I think the other places because I mean, obviously it's it's for plot purposes. This is why they, they Bannerman Way and Unit Headquarters. Sure. But I think you can apply that arching energy to everything and say these two happen to be magnets. This one happens to be another rift location because of that. So I, I'm okay with that. Honestly, I, I thought a better dropped line than, than that one was when the doctor says they didn't count on that when they remodeled. Thank you for acknowledging this is a different school than the one yeah. I just although, watched on Friday night. Although the gym it is now, looked a lot the same. It, it is. is it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think the, the drop line went a long way, especially when they, they're walking up and it says Cole Hill Academy on the sign. And I thought, well, that's different. But then having that drop, dropped line, they've remodeled, then that I was perfectly did, fine. Did you with happen that. to notice at the very beginning of episode two the greatest Easter egg in the world on the wall behind them? They walk into the entrance of the school, and there's this great big, like nearly billboard sized painting poster or something on the wall and it's the dedication or something of the Barbara Wright building. Oh, oh I didn't see that. That's that awesome. I was off the couch <laughs> going, that. ah! and I was like, cool. what? I was like, you didn't see that? I missed that. That's so, cool. Yeah. yeah I've forgotten about that. That yeah. made me very happy. <laughs> 
Well, I like the uh, the, the, the list of names of all the different teachers that had made their mark and how Danny and Clara were both on there. I was sad. I was sad. Not going to lie. I was uh, sad. And it also gives us the answer that many people were wondering for the series, too. The uh, timing. Uh, yeah. Or whether or not they're going to show up. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, I, like I said, I, I feel like maybe it's just a little bit of a contrivance, but I, 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 I enjoyed it. I'm willing to let it go play out. Um. As far as the Doctor's role in it, I kind of agree and disagree. I loved the TARDIS scene early. And it was hopeful and inspiring. And just a little bit of a tease. <laughs> <laughs> and I think had it just been that, I'd have been a little angry and upset. I think I would have felt let down that that was all we got. But it would have been enough. Yeah. Then he shows up, and it's like, it's so... I just had this... It's so good to see Capaldi back. <laughs> I'm so happy. It's been such a long year without him. And I think maybe that's why I was a little more forgiving of the there rest was, of it. There was, there was that in me, too. But I almost would have rather they taking care of the situation than the doctor showed up to explain to, to them inf- that they had to reinforce the fact that well, they... Well, to enforce the fact that they are okay on their own. Yes. Yeah, but exactly. him showing up and solving the problem and then chucking the keys to him and saying, there you go, good luck... It, it it went both ways for me because interestingly, I kind of feel like the beginning part of it was almost more Matt Smithy. Oh yeah, it was a, I, I, a faster pace too. I, I, I feel like it was something I could see his doctor doing. Yeah, and then leaving, not hanging around afterwards to make sure everybody was okay. That that seemed like this is definitely not Capaldi. Right, this is right. more of a Matt Smith kind of thing. But Matt, but Capaldi did hang around to make sure it was okay, which I thought was a little. So it was like they couldn't quite find that happy medium. That happy medium of how much doctor do we put in this? Right, right. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't, again, I don't want to spoil anything with the way that the, the, the it plays out. So um, I best probably just best not to say it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there, there, there was on the one hand, it was like there was just enough doctor, and it made me happy. On the other hand, I totally get where you're coming from because it was like mm, it was almost too much doctor. Mm-hmm. For, for the yeah. way that this was, I, that was my problem with it. Is was, it just, was, was, was that a little too much, Doctor? Um, and then the second episode is uh, first of all, okay, so we're borrowing a complete plot from an X Files episode, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. It, it really is. <laughs> You're bound to get some of that when they first announced Torchwood. Sure. I went, so it's it's it's, it's the X Files. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're you're bound to get some crossover in the science fiction universes. I get that, but this was just pretty much right there. I'm also. If this was an American TV show, how many missing, presumed, <laughs> how many dead, presumed missing people have to turn up before somebody right. makes the connection that there's strange things afoot at the school? Maybe we should go investigate. Right. Well, they had that line in the first episode of so many people go missing at the school. Yeah, but. And it's. Uh, well, it was they're, almost they're an, it was an attempt to fix it, especially the fact that they they had. These things come into the school and kids scattered and ran in, in fear. And then <laughs> yeah, the, that, the fire department was even there, shows up, and they're, you know, helping people. And then there's no reference. they're back in school the next day. And then one guy then starts asking of <laughs> Yeah. And it, <laughs> uh, now I was kind of grateful <laughs> that, the, yeah. that the one kid started saying, what makes him forget? You know, <laughs> they, so I'm glad they, they addressed the elephant in the room. But it didn't seem to go far enough. And then my problem with the second episode is... It turned into what I was afraid this show would be, and I'm sure it's fine for young adult viewers, but it turns into a high school drama. 
It really does, for the most part. Uh, yeah. There is the monster. There is the the threat. There is the again. We've we've got to bring the team back together for some reason. We <laughs> still aren't a team yet, but it. What the, I really the second what, one just, just didn't work. What, for what me. I liked about the second one was the fact that it helps Ram deal with what had happened in the previous episode, and I can't say more than that. That's really kind of the only tie between that these have, other yeah. than the fact that, well, they're part of the same series. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's really the only because ongoing plot threat. But did you, did you feel like it went on too long? Maybe a That was bit. my problem it with it, is it felt like we... I, and I don't, want, him, I don't want him to really get over... huge event. I don't want to get over... I don't want him to get over that traumatic element In one so episode? quickly. No, I would have wanted him to get over it one episode, but I, I don't want him to get over it super quick. But I also felt that they just kept... That, that, that's what made it feel like that whole teen drama I don't want to say angsty because they're not really angsty but that whole that whole Degrassi feel it, it just it had that and that's what I was afraid this series would be and I think that's what they're sort of going for because that is that type of, of genre that appeals to young adults that they can they can uh, associate with that kind of you know storytelling me as a 45 year old 44 year old man <laughs> I, to me it was like I don't need. I want the. I want the action and the monster and the resolution and. See and for and for me, just there was too much. The angst in episode two was better than the angst in episode one for me because the a lot of the the angst angst was just the right amount in first episode for me and too much angst there was in the episode one, especially before things kind of hit the fan, is. The prom really hard to discuss. Spoiler free is is the prom and getting dates and the, high, the, the typical high school at least in episode two a lot of the angst is the ramifications of what happened and a, a very adultly dealing with what had happened well, i previously. think they do and they deal and with it well it just for it, me high school angst is does so and so like me yeah but and I there mean, wasn't much of that in episode that, two. that was that was what there was in episode one and i was i appreciated that because that was that was kind of grounding for me this one, while it probably was very realistic, there was far too much of it. There was far too much of the. I didn't. It wasn't a just get over her. It was more of a just let's get to the root of the problem quicker and well, get it and solved and get to the monster. Part, part part of that goes back to the monster. Because the monster's not dispatched very well either. Well, it's no, not. it really isn't. And and when you have a a borrowed element to to your plot that then is not taken care of very well with its resolution. I think you needed to pad with a lot of angst to make up for it. You needed to have an hour worth of TV to well, fill. That's unfortunate, and that's that's <laughs> that's where I look at this. And going back to for as smooth as the pilot was, this is one of those that really had a downer second episode. And you find yeah. that a lot of times in TV too, where you get maybe a rocky pilot and then it picks up. This one was kind of the reverse. You had a pretty good pilot, and then you dip down all of a sudden. And you, yeah. I, I've seen shows that have done that too, where the second episode is like, "Do I keep up with this or That's not?" That's just it. It might it might struggle to get the audience for the third episode if they have that same feeling. So, so I mean, it's it's not one that I'm going to give up on. I'm I'm intrigued by it, and I want to keep going with it. And obviously, it's Doctor Who, so I'm going to it's going to be part of my night job. <laughs> but I, I, if it was just something that I was going to sit down and watch that didn't have that Who element. Mm-hmm. I would be questioning, it's like, all right, I'm going to give you one or two more episodes and I'm done after the second one because it's kind of got that. And you're absolutely right. It's just it's just not for me. It's yeah, not something yeah. that's written, aimed at, or, or designed for my particular right. age group, my particular sensibilities. 
the Doctor Who element is what's going to keep me coming back. Right. And the fact that it's familiar and that it's got shades of things that I like. As long as they can keep that in balance, I'm fine with the angst. Whether it's who's going to prom with me or dealing with the ramifications and stuff. That that I don't think was was bad. It just... I don't think it was handled well. Yeah. I think they I think they were aiming for up here, but they kind of came in, you yeah. know, far below that with um with how it was continued flashback, continued, you know, reuse of that scene, <laughs> continued. And and it felt if it, that that did feel very heavy-handed like we wouldn't remember what had happened. Yeah, and I mean the And f- I, I have issues when any show does that. The first time was fine. The first time it was like, you know, oh yeah, again. And then the second and the third and the fourth it was like Okay, we, you know, we get it. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's let's move along. So there's that. There's a um, a really interesting dynamic with the teacher with her character, and I, I this is one of those things I question. I don't know how far I can go with it without spoiling something as, as far as her the way that her character is laid out. That she is this. That she is a, a a fighter. Yeah, I think you can say that. But but can't. Yeah, yeah. I I thought was a really intriguing. Yeah, I her she's the best part of the show right yeah. now. In fact, I dis I completely disliked her, and you're supposed to. I completely <laughs> disliked her at the beginning, and because I, I wasn't too sure about her and didn't trust her, we find out more about her, and I I think they've developed that character wonderfully because yeah. I'm like wow this is really an, an intriguing relationship between her and the main guy I can't remember his name either I can't I don't remember names um, but I, I you know I that was an intriguing relationship and then especially her, when she's they the got best, to that first scene she's the best like, she's oh. the best part of the second episode because she's got a whole subplot going yeah, on yeah and then at the end she's she almost makes the comment we're not going to address the subplot going <laughs> on <laughs> and they leave it and yeah. I thought. I like that. That was a, that was intriguing. And that's really the great like through that. line for this. Yeah. Season. I also liked the stinger at the end where we get the reveal that her subplot may actually be the overall arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I thought was right. kind of kind of cool and well done. Right. And I'm not going to lie; it gives me. It's, I'm sure it's pie in the sky, and it's not going to happen. But I would not be opposed at all if instead of the doctor coming back at the end of the season, if we had a certain governor. Who's yeah. on a sign in the 50th anniversary that we know is still around? Right, right. Show up. At yeah, the end. That, that would be that, cool. That would that would justify a lot of what happened. <laughs> uh, the the teacher we're talking about, she's the reason why I'll come back next week. Yeah. Okay. yeah. On, on its own merits, I it would have been rough, but because they had that through line going, and and leaving it where they did. I'll be back to find out yeah. and, and to watch her some more because I'm really enjoying her character. Well, and I appreciate too. Still that, don't like her, <laughs> but uh, I like her. But I yeah. like the way they're going with the character. So I appreciate too that they they walk that line between. No, I still don't trust her. That's you what trust I, mean. her. Yeah. I, I do like her. I don't trust her. The, the line between and and uh, the one girl even says it. Are we in trouble? Like we need to go get an adult, or are we in trouble? Like <laughs> we need to go handle it ourselves. And I like <laughs> the fact that there's that division that, yeah. that kids see. And dealing with the angst, I'm glad that we got to that point where Ram decided to do something. To, to, well, he, he talks to his dad, <laughs> yeah, about yeah. which what was it, a great right, moment. Right. And it was, it was, it was one of those things that was really. And on, I think some other shows, it would have been a no. I'm not going to talk about it to let's, my parents. Let's and put drag it this way, though. Even longer. Yeah. It's starting to make it feel after school, specially, and I don't mean that that's bad because it does take the right beats. 
and and as you said, I'm glad that he finally did open up to his father, and and divulged even more than I expected him to divulge right, to his yeah. father. Um, but yeah, it's just it's that's not that's well. And there, not there, me. There, there were two bits too that I really appreciated. The the, the first is the um, you said it's in the trailer. The 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 uh, the main guy that he's yeah when he, when he well, it's when he's trying to explain to April. Okay, good. That's that, the scene. That, that initial line is in the trailer. When he says, "Would it surprise you to know that I'm an alien?" Yeah, and she goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> big reaction for me. Big applause. Yes, finally, because I get so tired of watching those. I don't believe you. I'm in shock. What? Right. This can't be true. And then you require proof, and then you have to go and do something right, crazy right. like levitate a car, and it just like. I just want to show where this is an accepted thing. There's enough science fiction and yeah. stuff out in the world that somebody somewhere should be able to put two and two together and go, yeah, okay, why not? Well, yeah. and all the kids pretty much accept it all as it is and just kind of grow with and, it. And she did. She just right off the bat, yeah, totally. That makes so much sense. And <laughs> like, thank you for that. That was followed up with Ram talking to his dad. Yeah. And we got kind of another one of those kind of moments that was just a parent accepting it and not laying a bunch of, BS questioning on or un- really unbelievability or yeah yeah I really appreciated those skepticism. moments yeah. yeah so I think I think in a way the the, the 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 teen angst drama it is being handled well at least as far as the outcomes go yeah mm-hmm. I'm not sure about its place in the in the overall show yeah. yet because episode three I think will be the kind of the telltale is this going to work or not so and, and, I, Which, and it's it's one of those shows that. There's only eight episodes planned in the first season, and that is promising to me, the fact that they won't feel like they need to do a lot more angst to have more filler for a full-length season. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, we'll see. (laughs) And I also recognize that peripherally, these shows that spin off of Doctor Who, you know, I'm I'm the least fan of them. I I don't hate them, but... Torchwood's never been my thing. I think Children of Earth was the best thing, but I, I that's never been my thing. Sarah Jane, even I felt like I trudged through that when we reviewed those. Um, they're just they're not really my thing. I just well, I want to focus on Doctor Who. But that's because you're a curmudgeon. <laughs> this one, this one, like I say, was was fun enough to keep me interested, and in, and the character development is is seemingly working. So I, I'll give it more of a chance. Quite honestly, you know what would, in a way fix the show greatly. He introduced Captain Jack as a teacher. <laughs> if we're going to do Torchwood, just let's do let's let's bring him in and let's have him kind of shoulder that responsibility. Maybe even with a line from the doctor going, I've made a terrible mistake. I can't leave these kids in this right, kind of right. thing. You need to look after them. You're not doing anything else I right now. I think it's too late for that. Maybe okay. season two. Well, but, <laughs> but that but that would be, that would, you know, if season, if season one is the training wheels... <laughs> And we wind up blowing up the school by the end of it. <laughs> That's a great justification. And then you run into the whole Jack in that environment mm-hmm. and how horrible of an idea that is. Right, right. I don't know. I think there's or a lot of opportunities. Even bring in Martha Jones. Yeah. Have a unit Martha junior. Would be, Martha would be. The, the, the drop line about potentially hacking unit, I'm fingers crossed hopeful that that's going to. Yeah, me too. That's right. going to result in a payout later. Right. But. We'll find out. I don't like I said, I'm intrigued. I, I, I wasn't put off by it. I was very happy with what I saw, except for most so of the second episode. But the million-dollar question becomes, will you keep watching or wait until 
we review it properly for the full season. Will you keep watch wait will you watch week to week or will you wait until later? I don't know. <laughs> I suppose I'll make that de- decision next Saturday. <laughs> you know, fair enough. It, it's funny that you asked, and maybe this is the difference in sensibilities. Um, my initial reaction is probably to wait because I enjoy mainlining. I enjoy being able to digest my stuff as much as I hated to do that with Doctor Who and still look some that do when I have to wait week to week. With pretty much anything else, I like being able to just dive in and go and, and get mo through See, it. And, and some shows are better digested that way yeah. like Stranger Things yeah. like The Leftovers I'm wondering if this show is one of those where it is better to watch week to week that maybe we wouldn't think as we would, we would proceed the second episode a little better had we had a week distance between the episodes yeah maybe but I don't think so <laughs> um, but then ha- having watched it because we, we sat down and watched it with Mel Billy and I and both Mel and Bill, Mel's kind of could go either way. She was like, well, is, is there more to this? I was like, well, not yet. Now we'd have to wait. And she says, well, okay. I said, well, do you want to keep going with it or do you want? She goes, well, I could go either way with it. Billy was the one who asked, can, when, when we watch, are we going to watch the next one next week? But he's at that he's age at that group. Age, yeah, that yeah. So it's hitting so. the it's hitting the age group probably then at the with the yeah. right tone and right themes. So. All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, next week for Friday Night Who, or rather this week, Friday for Friday Night Who, did you know this is the 50th anniversary month for the Cybermen? Yes, it is. Yay! It is. Well, we're going to do some Cybermen. Uh, we're going to do the 10th Planet for Friday Night Who. So, uh, And we'll be pressing play the day the final episode aired. Of the 10th Planet? Yeah. How cool is that? It's almost like we planned it. We didn't. It was an accident. But <laughs> in fact, I didn't. I didn't even think about the fact that the Cybermen's anniversary was coming up. I felt kind of bad. And then I found that out. And went, oh, well, here's a present for Keith. <laughs> <laughs> it's very schnant. Did you see the how it was done? Yeah. Anyway, um, and then uh, we're going to do uh, two audios. We're going to put together an, uh, an adversary archive next week for the Cybermen turning fifty. We're listening to Big Finish number eighty-six, The Reaping, and number eighty-seven, The Gathering which kind of related, so it's nice that we'll have those together. The rest of the schedule's on the website. Check it out. All right, and uh, we do want to mention, uh, we want to thank those people that are uh, supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we want to give a special out shout-out to Brittany, who upped her pledge amount uh, just recently, and Holly from Wisconsin, who uh, <laughs> upped her a pledge amount uh, recently as well. And we want to give a special out uh, shout-out to uh, Sean's mom, who gave us a one-time <laughs> donation by check. <laughs> Uh, that goes into Thanks, the show Mom. Well. Which, we, which we do accept. <laughs> and we do accept, yes. If you would like to send us a check, we'll, we'll let us know and we'll send we'll you the address. Let you know and, yeah, we'll send you an address. Um, that being said, if you'd like to support us on Patreon as well, you can go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and there is a button, and it'll help you out. And thank you to everybody that does. Anything else we need to touch on this week? All right. I believe so. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.